2: The weekend is heaven. Yes, in fact, we are halfway to heaven. And now that the weekends feature football, yeah, there's always something to look forward to. Good morning to you. If you're waking up on your Wednesday, we're glad to have you with us. It is the Hump Show, middle show, of the work week, just finished up with Ask Amy Anything. Now, we were running a little behind from the segment before because we had our surprise guest, Matt the Musher, Popped in from Alaska. That was fun. Haven't talked to him in quite a while. In fact, I hadn't heard from him in quite a while. Uh, so it's cool to be able to connect with him and to hear that not only is dog season starting soon, the snow is advancing down the mountain, uh, but his daughter will be running races again this year. She's 16, and he... Still harboring hopes, even as he starts to work with a new kennel, of getting back into the Iditarod himself and actually racing with his daughter, though that would be a couple more years. So he's going to be checking in with us, giving us the exclusive as always, and he's routinely invited to be on the show or to be part of the next Chubby Bunny World Championship. So because of that, we are running late on Ask Amy, though he is worth it. It's a good sacrifice to make. Uh, I will go back and answer as many questions as I can on both Twitter and Facebook throughout the day on Wednesday. So that will be my olive branch to you because I know I didn't do as many questions. We didn't get to as many questions as we normally would. So make sure you check Twitter, After Hours CBS, or our Facebook page. Uh, later on Wednesday and see if your question has been answered there. It's funny because every week I do this, I go and I answer some of the questions on social and then people come back the next week and I can tell who they are more frequent guests, if you will, frequent flyers to our social media and they will accuse me of not answering their question, even though I either answered it on the air or answered it in written form. Once we were done So, yeah, people, they get upset even if their question's been answered. I mean, I can't help it if you're not listening. You submit your question, then you take off. You check out. How is that my fault?
3: Yeah, They don't hear it
4: didn't happen.
2: Oh, is that like Pixar didn't happen?
4: That's how that works.
2: Interesting. So I actually did get that type of a response from someone when I mentioned, you know, that I was engaged and that, was getting married, and remember the announcement was made four months out, and... One guy responded with picks or it didn't happen. Oh, it, it did happen. And it's going to happen in just over three months. And I don't know if there'll be picks. I'm still trying to decide about that. We've got football to talk about. Nobody cares about the wedding. It's it's, it's way down the road. I try to tell myself that. I also wish the time would go faster. It doesn't. <laughs> what is it about time, Jay? we get so excited about football. It seems like it takes forever to get here. And then when you don't want something to come quickly, like, for instance, I've got a half marathon a week from Saturday. I don't want that to come any faster. <laughs> I'm okay with it <laughs> dragging time, dragging until it gets here. Instead, that's coming really yeah, quickly. That's coming in hot, right? But, but the other events that I care about, not so much. They still feel as though they're really far off on the horizon. <laughs> and yet time moves the same day it in is. day out and yet it doesn't feel that way
4: it is odd that there's no like real explanation for that because it's you know it's a tale as old as time look funny like, <laughs> <laughs> pun <laughs> well, intended yeah, well how how yeah you're expecting you want anticipating something it comes so slow but then like you're dreading it it comes so fast and like there's yeah. really no word for explanation but no, it will never stop happening
2: it's our own perception it's mind games if you will mind games and heart games it's a, yeah it's it's odd though it's definitely a, a human condition It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Glad to have you with us. If you missed anything, you can always grab the podcast in its entirety. And there are fewer commercials. That's the little-known secret. We post the link to our podcast every weekday morning. It's on both Twitter as well as Facebook. Our guests get their own little segment in our podcast, so a separate link In our podcast, all of them, and that will include Antoine Staley on this Wednesday. He joined us a couple hours ago from the New York Daily News. He told us he was inundated with interview requests. Over 30 of them didn't realize so many people had his phone number, and yet he chose us. Among the five that he did, he chose us. So it's been a whirlwind for the Jets, of course, but anyone who covers the Jets going back now to Monday Night Football didn't take long for them to confirm that Rogers does in fact have a ruptured Achilles will require surgery and will be out for this season. Beyond that, we don't know.
3: He's invested so much into this organization, so much into this journey that he's he's embarked on, and, and wanting to uh, to be a part of uh, what we've got going here, and uh, and how much he's invested in not only this organization but his teammates, himself, this fan base, the city. Um, you know, so I I have a uh, a lot of uh, emotions for him. Uh, as for us, you know, it's it doesn't. Um, I, I it it it's really all about him. It is. I'm not. I, I don't look at it like a woe is me here for the organization. I think uh, I think guys are excited about being able to step up and continue the things that we've been building. But uh, but a lot of hurt for Aaron.
2: Robert Sala making his first comments on Tuesday afternoon. It was about 3.30 New York time, so just after lunch on the West Coast or during your lunch hour on the West Coast. And, yeah, there was definitely a somber, sober feel to it. Though, if you remember, and I said said this, made jokes about it, going back when Zach Wilson was drafted by the Jets, and then even in year number two, uh, Robert Sala raved about him raved about him and kept telling us all the reasons why he believed in Zach. Now last year he was benched twice and it was a major issue inside the locker room. The reports that were coming out of the locker room about how the team preferred to play for Mike White, that they didn't want to play for Zach. They didn't like Zach. Now that may be going too far. It may have been more professional than personal, but either way, It didn't work with Zach. And the idea was Zach would be out of there when they found a replacement, a suitable replacement. Except they kept him because of the relationship with Aaron Rodgers. And I have no doubt that Rodgers will continue to help, to encourage, to answer questions, maybe even to work with Zach once he has the opportunity to get back to the facilities, to be around the team. Maybe he'll work with him on game days. Try to help him in his preparation. Still, though, there's no ignoring the fact that the Jets were willing to move past Zach Wilson despite the high draft pick they spent on him. Even if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, they weren't going to start Zach Wilson this year until they had to. And now Robert Sala is back to raving about the young QB. That was the next question. Well, what about adding another quarterback?
3: We are going to look through some things, but, um, but I do want to make it very clear. Uh, Zach's our quarterback. Um, we got a lot of faith in Zach. We're really excited about his opportunity. Um, but we're, we're rolling with Zach and, um, and excited for this, uh, excited for him and, like I said, this opportunity that he's going to get.
2: Okay, but why? Why are you more excited now? than you were last year why is he more prepared now than he was last year what's changed with zach wilson
3: it's more confidence i should say confidence uh in terms of just his ability to to to, um uh from the process and the practice habits uh, not that they were bad it's just there's a confidence like teammates want to see each other make plays and have confidence that you can do your job to the best of your ability and uh And I think just over the course of OTAs and training camp, uh, Zach has had a lot of success. I think you guys have witnessed a lot of it.
2: I wrote about this in my CBS Sports Minute. Maybe you'll hear it on your affiliate, or you can check it out on the website, cbssportsradio.com. This is the very essence of Next Man Up. And it feels cruel, doesn't it? Because Aaron's one of the brightest stars. Love him or hate him, he's a lightning rod. He attracts attention. And in New York with the Jets, after nearly 20 years in Green Bay, he was going to attract even more attention. We talked about that. Six months of buildup. And it fizzles out in four minutes and four snaps. And as big as the story is right now, week two is on the horizon. And it almost seems cruel. But it's the nature and the business of sport. And I don't just mean the Jets. The Jets have no choice but to move forward. This is devastating. I'm sure there's some of them that are still shell-shocked. Can't believe it. I still can't believe it. The story was so big that it transcended the sports world on Tuesday. My mom sent me a text late. She watches the news in the evenings and said... Even the news was talking about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, this was a story that was far bigger than just the football world. You had athletes from all over using their social media to talk about it. It was the number one topic of conversation in football, to be sure. But week two starts tomorrow. And even though the Jets aren't on the field tomorrow... They have no choice but to move on and get ready. They've got a brutal first six weeks. We noted that even before the season kicked off. Their first six weeks, I know they got the win on Monday night. They could easily be one and five if they're not locked in and focused. It's tough. It includes the the Super Bowl champions. It includes a trip to Denver. Say what you want about the Broncos, and and most of it's probably true, but Denver's a tough place to play. It includes the Patriots. This weekend, the Cowboys. The Eagles and the Giants are back-to-back, and is it weeks five and six, I think? Don't quote me on that. But this does not get any easier. It's a gauntlet for six weeks. So, yes, they snatched a victory from the jaws of defeat on Monday night and they got the walk-off punt return TD from Xavier Gibson. But it does not get easier from now. And so if they are not facing forward, well, it's going to catch up with them really quick. But for guys like Garrett Wilson, who I'm not sure if you saw this or not, he, of course, all these guys are talking about it hurts. They're hurt for Aaron. He actually said that Rogers' remarked to him, was sorry, kid. Oh, gosh, that feels like a stake in the heart. I'm sure Aaron feels like he let his team down. No doubt. And Robert Sala did say, as you guys can imagine, he's down. With everything that he's invested in this, he's obviously a little disappointed. I, I think that's understating it. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. The Jets have to move on and watch how quickly the rest of the NFL leaves it in the rearview mirror. Again, it's not personal, but it's the nature and the business of sports, especially in the NFL where there's only so many games and it's so competitive. The AFC is a juggernaut. And no one's going to feel sorry for the Jets. They might feel sorry for Aaron. No one is feeling sorry for the Jets. Least of all, Bill Belichick. Do you remember what Clay Thompson said about the two years of rehab? Now, his situation was extreme, right? But he had the same injury, did he not? Didn't he tear ACL and then rupture Achilles? Yeah. I swear that was his second injury that kept him out for a year. We know Kevin Durant was among the first who took to social media after seeing Aaron Rodgers go down on Monday night saying he felt sick. But I remember Klay Thompson because he was weeks away. He He had recovered from the torn ACL that he suffered in the 2019 NBA Finals. He was three weeks away from the start of the season. He was playing pickup in L.A. And he got hurt again. And so he had to go through another year of rehabbing from a devastating injury that required surgery and pain and suffering and isolation. And that is what he talked about, was often the hardest part. Being away from the team, having to go through a separate schedule, separate training. The team is traveling. They're going back to business. And he continues in relative... It, it, relative anonymity. It sounds weird to say because he's not anonymous. We all know him, but he's no longer getting attention. Undercover of night, essentially. Clay Thompson is taking care of his business so he can get back with the team and back on the basketball court. And he now says it was all worth it. Remember, they won another NBA championship and he has talked about how all of those lonely days and nights made it worth it. Aaron Rodgers has only known football now for 20 plus years. And as much as the Jets were all about Aaron, he's about to go into this stretch with surgery and rehab and recovery. For a while, he's not going to be able to travel. He can be with the Jets at the the facility, but he's not going to be taking road trips with them. Most athletes will tell you what they miss the most is the locker room, the meetings, the camaraderie, that kinship and brotherhood with their teammates. And he's about to go through a pretty lonely stretch without it. Because the NFL has to move on. And in two days, this won't be the biggest story. It's almost cruel, isn't it? But even for a star as big as Aaron Rodgers, it's life in pro sport. So yeah, it goes from being the story that transcends sports to, oh, it's week two. even for Aaron. But yeah, I feel for him in that respect. It's going to be a lonely road for a while. Sorry, kid. Oh, gosh. Oh, that hurts. I'd actually seen another story. I'll have to find it again about what he said to some of his other teammates. So reporters or a reporter, maybe a columnist was asking some of the Jets teammates about what they heard from Aaron. Um, Because remember, he... Got hurt in the first half and was likely, if not in the locker room, at least around, maybe in the training facility or the training room, excuse me, at halftime. He was gone by the end of the game, so he wasn't there when they came back from the overtime win. But, yeah, I'm sure some of them, he's got buddies like Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb's one of his best friends. No doubt they've seen him and spent time with them. We haven't heard from him yet. At some point, I suppose he gets back to interviews, right? Does he save all of his initial reaction for his friend, Pat? He might.
4: He might. He might. I don't think he should, but he might.
2: Did you see the ratings, by the way, for Monday Night Football? No. He got hurt four minutes in. Yeah. And the game, it's not that it wasn't a good game. It was competitive, but it was ugly at times. It was it times. Wasn't great it was, until
4: the end. Yeah. It was pretty
2: ugly. Uh, and the fact that the Bills, they're very popular, obviously, but the fact that the Bills had four turnovers and – it was what, 13 to three or something yeah. going into the second half. I mean, it wasn't great football. Um, and there wasn't really wasn't a ton of great football around the NFL this weekend. It was a lot of sacks and a lot of turnovers. And it just lost all of its
5: buzz, too. Right,
2: exactly. It was like, well, Antoine Staley said to us that it felt like someone had let the air out of the balloon yeah. in the stadium at MetLife on Monday night, and yet the ratings were off the charts. They were actually, I'll have to uh, find the numbers again. I think it was more than 22 million people watched This game. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot for a Monday night. Uh, Let's see if I can find it. Monday night football ratings. There we go. Yeah. Week one TV ratings score big. The audience was 24% higher than last year. Wow. Yeah. And it was 22.6. I was so close. 22.6 million viewers for Monday night football. The ESPN actually set a record for this Monday night football game surpassing let's say the previous standard previous high was 21.8 million viewers and this was get this when Brett Favre and the Vikings played the Packers remember how how huge that was because mm-hmm. Brett had defected to the purple yeah Monday night football game record 22.6 million viewers even without Aaron Rodgers after the first four minutes no doubt because people were shell-shocked they were they couldn't turn believe it, off, it right? Waiting and for we're, an update. Right, <laughs> waiting for an update. I was just going to say that, trying to figure out if they could get some other glimpse of Aaron on the cart, in the tunnel, in the locker room, anything.
4: It's a lot, though. I'm just curious. What does oh. a Thursday night football game normally do, the ones that are only on Amazon?
2: Uh, not much. Not much, right? Yeah, I, I'm not even sure they do over 2 million viewers. Okay. Yeah, We'll see, though. Maybe it's different now. A year later, people are more trained about Amazon Prime. All right, coming up. Well, The Braves making history. Mad Max has got not a hammy, but a try. Oh, goodness. That's not what the Rangers need as they're on a hot streak. And even Dan Marino weighing in because the injury all too familiar. So we'll get to, well, it's a mixed bag. We'll get to a little more of a reaction from Aaron Rodgers, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect
0: avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink...
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Law Radio also on our Facebook page. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.
5: You are
1: listening to the After Hours Podcast.
5: On the way from Wheeler, now that'll be hit well to left field. Pache back to the wall. This has got a shot, and there is the tying home run for Matt Olson. That is his 51st home run, and he has tied Andrew Jones for the most homers in franchise history. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
2: On Braves Radio, we knew that wouldn't take long though. It didn't even take 24 hours before Matt Olson tied the record and very soon should have that record all to his lonesome, 51 home runs. And the Braves signed him, and the idea was that he was a <clears throat> replacement for one Freddie Freeman, right? Even before Freeman had made his choice coming out of the lockout and the work stoppage, he ends up joining the Braves, and then Freeman decides to go to the Dodgers. But I love the way Matt Olson handles his business. His bat is the loudest thing about him, right? He's relatively understated. Um, he's a guy that isn't looking for a lot of attention. He's not self-promoting, if you will. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not his personality. And Andrew Jones actually said, uh, going back, that he thought Matt Olsen would be the one to break his record. So he had his number retire recently and thought he would be the one that would break the record. And I think if you follow Matt, you follow the way that he has been such a lift and a boost to the Braves since he joined them. I mean, it, he's an easy guy to root for. He was in, would you say relative obscurity for a while, Jay, while he was in Oakland for the first part of his career?
4: Considering how good he is, I yeah. would say yes.
2: Yeah. So here, he's even with Andrew Jones at 51. And this was a victory over the Phillies on Tuesday. Took extra innings. So now the team record is his with another home run. Yeah. Uh, the the Braves themselves bash the baseball Olson is just one part of that. Uh, soon will be a franchise record, but gosh, his teammates are also doing that same work. They set a National League record for home runs in a season already. Those things kind of, you know, those those are cool. Um, you know, and I, I'm I'm here for the wins, so uh, you know that that was even that was even sweeter. That's Austin Riley, who is part of the hit parade, the home run parade. There are some quotes from Matt Olson. Uh love to try to get his reaction, but we couldn't find it when we started the show. But he did say it's a cool feeling. Um, and he actually reminds people that he watched Andrew Jones when he was growing up because he was raised in Atlanta. So this was like going home for him, the way that Freddie Freeman went home to LA. This was going home for Matt Olson. And so he said, having watched Andrew Jones when he was growing up, he was a fan of the Braves then, it's cool to be mentioned with him. So that's pretty neat. Congratulations to Matt. Also, if you missed it, This is, like, two degrees of separation. Freddie Freeman's birthday was on Tuesday, so that's kind of fun. And uh, he celebrates with his newer, I mean, they're not really new anymore, but his Dodgers teammates. And also had his own kind of birthday party celebration.
3: Walker delivers. There's a fly ball into left center field. It's a long run, and it is
5: gone. Happy birthday to you. Freddie Freeman with his
3: 26th home run of the year goes the other way and the Dodgers now have a three to nothing lead.
2: And they did rough up the Padres a night after coughing up the lead and losing to San Diego. But for Freddie Freeman, happy birthday on Sportsnet LA. Couldn't be happier with the way the 2023 season has unfolded.
3: We've been having a lot of fun as a group playing, playing this season. and Obviously, the fans have taken to us, too.
4: We go on the road, and the, when we get doubles and triples, they do it right for us, too, on the road. So it's been, it's
3: been fun. It's been a blast this year, and hopefully we can get this division locked up soon.
2: Yeah, I would think that's essentially a foregone conclusion for both the Dodgers and the Braves, considering the leads they have. The Braves actually have a magic number that's down to two, right, to lock up the NL East title. It's an exciting time of year, and everybody's aware of it, and and um, that's kind of special that you get to, to experience that. So, heck yeah, they should enjoy that, relish it, and not can't wait to you know like get up, get a cup of coffee, and get out here and play a game. <laughs> Brian snicker, new lease on life. There, the older gentleman, let's not call him old, uh, but older gentleman uh, is excited about being at the ballpark, and yeah, there's a lot of promise. And think about the Braves from a year ago. They had 101 wins. They ended up eclipsing the Mets toward the end there and winning the division title. Mets had the same number of wins. But the Braves, by their standards, and considering the lineup they had, the roster they had, it was definitely an early exit and a disappointing exit for the Braves out of the playoffs. The fact that they've had to wait now a full year they're better than they were a year ago. Most people believe that they're better than they were a year ago. They're two away from locking up another NL East title, and this year, not even remotely challenged. They're up 16 games on the Phillies. That's obscene. 16 games on the Phillies, who actually are 13 games yeah, above 500. Good. It's not like they're bad. The Marlins, even, are above 500, but the Phillies are 16 games back. And that's crazy that the Phillies are the top wildcard team and they're 16 games back in their own division. The Braves are a juggernaut and the Dodgers are as well. But for the Braves especially, to, to see it come to an abrupt end last October, that's why this has been extra motivation for them and why they're anxious to get back to the baseball postseason. Although, as I've said before, I don't love the fact that neither the Braves nor the Dodgers are getting pushed at all in the final six weeks of the regular season. I I do think the veteran leadership, I mean, we're talking about Olsen, we're talking about Freeman, we're talking about Dave Roberts and Brian Snitker and other veterans who know what it it takes to win, right? Because you've got guys that are World Series champions on both rosters. So there's the saving grace in that when they get to the playoffs, these guys know what is needs to be done. It's not like it's a newbie team that is going into it blind. But still, once again, without a World Series appearance, it'll be a failure for those two franchises, considering what they've done. But yay for now. <laughs> the pressure starts in October. It definitely does. All right, we have yet to anoint the After Hours TD of the week. You still have, let's see, oh, four minutes left to vote. So check it out on Twitter, After Hours CBS. It's pinned to the top of our show Twitter page. It's on my Twitter as well, also on our Facebook page. You all blew up our Facebook page with hundreds of votes in this poll. So that's kind of fun. We will do the great reveal coming up following this update. And also a little more reaction from Dan Marino. Dan Marino who suffered the same injury. It's a It's an injury that happens to older athletes as I've heard and have been doing some reading because of blood flow and all that jazz. But the problem is you're closer to the end of your career, and it's going to require more to get back from it. Is it really worth it? And that will be the question that people ask. Remember Aaron Rodgers said he was, was it 90% retired in the darkness retreat? Or he went into it 95% retired and came out wanting to play football again? I can imagine, even though this is a different type of darkness, this will be an emotional darkness for him, no doubt. He's a very emotional guy. So it'll be more of that. There'll be some dejection, some discouragement, some disappointment, some devastation even. Will he emerge from that emotional darkness ready to tackle this and play again? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
4: You are- This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
5: Firing for the end zone, caught! Touchdown! Touchdown! Takes it himself to the pile, touchdown! One man to beat 10 he's gone! They throw in the
2: end zone, caught! Touchdown! Made a guy miss, he's inside the 5, he's to the 3 to one touchdown! Sanders helping, Indian.
5: The people have spoken, and one score stands above the rest. Here is your TD of the week. The New York Jets. And getting away, a line drive kick is Sam Martin. Gibson runs under it at the Jet 35. Starts to his left, gets to the 40, turns the corner at the 45, 50. Blackley's
1: in front at the 40, at the Bills 30, inside the 20. Stutter steps to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! Oh, it's a
3: jet touchdown! This game is over! What a way to end Monday Night Football. Gibson's going to take this one back. 63 yards for the touchdown. I just seen a ball in there. know I had a t- opportunity. Secured the ball, secured the catch first, and
2: let the team work. And after that, it just happened. It just happened. Such a neat moment for the rookie out of SFU, Stephen F. Austin. Sorry. Guest earlier in the show said, that's from Texas. For those of you who don't know, you overwhelmingly chose the walk-off punt return TD as your TD of the week. And, of course, it hasn't happened in the NFL since 2011. Monday Night Football, the roller coaster of emotions. And then the thud on Tuesday for the New York Jets as they found out. That yes, in fact, Aaron Rodgers is done for the season with the ruptured Achilles. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Thank you for your hundreds and hundreds of votes that we got for TD of the Week. It's a f- weekly feature, Obvi. And so you'll get those polls, plus our Monday MVP, our After Hours Game of the Week polls. We love to kind of frame the football weekends that way. And so you can always find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS. My Twitter's ALOL Radio plus our Facebook page, our YouTube channel as well. We'll have a brand new video coming up next week, but some of you are trying to spot the jewelry in our latest video, our welcome back football. It had nothing to do with jewelry. Robert Sala wants you to maybe give the Jets another look.
3: I don't know why people are trying to put an obituary under our our team name. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, Aaron is an unbelievable piece to this whole thing, and, and we love him, but uh, I think there's, there's 52 other guys in the locker room plus the 16 practice squad guys that, uh, that believe that we can do a hell of a lot of good things here.
2: Mm, the reaction was swift. It was nonstop, even from guys like Dan Marino, who dealt with the same injury late in his football career.
3: Medically now, they're probably a little more advanced uh, yes. as far as dealing with you know Achilles and how to deal with it, how to rehab it. It's a very tedious rehab from what I remember. Um, it didn't actually heal all the way. It was elongated, so I had to deal with not being able to get up on my toe for the rest of my career,
2: basically. It's Dan Marino on This Is Football with Kevin Clark. Antoine Staley of the New York Daily News kind of went through the emotional roller coaster with us. He was there for Robert Sala's comments on Tuesday and asked him, what did he take away?
5: Basically, he just, you know, it reiterated that Zach Wilson is his quarterback and, you know, trying to build confidence in Zach. And I think the teammates uh, kind of rallied around him and we kind of saw that in the locker room. I thought going in, we would see kind of a bit of a somber locker room considering that what we thought you know what might happen to Aaron, you know, torn Achilles. But I think the players are really optimistic about Zach, and we're talking about a guy that you know lost the confidence in the locker room last year, especially after the Patriots. You know, lost to the Patriots 10-3 in November in New England. And uh, he ended up losing the starting job and got benched multiple times. But coaching staff and the players say he's a different player. I mean, different players at this point. He's, he's more accountable doing the things that he's supposed to be doing, you know, obviously on the field and off the field. And he's at a place where he, they feel like he can lead them possibly to the playoffs. I don't know if, you know, Super Bowl is going to be their aspirations now, although I'm sure, you know, they'll tell you that uh, externally, but internally I still feel like they, they believe they are a contending team in the AFC as far as the playoffs.
2: What have you seen in Zach Wilson that would indicate he is more prepared to step into this role than he was a year ago? Cause as you mentioned, he's had multiple opportunities and it's not panned out.
5: I wrote an article last year talking about like, he felt like he was entitled to the starting role. I don't feel like that anymore. Now, you know, it's easy to say that, you know, when you got bench and, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes in and things of that nature, too. But I figure in the preseason, play he played really, particularly, really well. He didn't turn the ball over. He was efficient. You know, he was a sound decision maker. You know, yes, he threw the one interception last night against Buffalo, but, you know, you look at third quarter on, I think he really made a lot of good plays there. You know, Alan Lazar, obviously, the play to Garrett, a couple of plays to Garrett Wilson there to really lead them to the victory to help lead them to the victory and you know that Wilson is not going to be Aaron Rodgers I don't think anybody's expecting that but they just need him to take care of the football you know be efficient and then allow their defense to do their thing and also special teams do if he can do that then I definitely think the Jets have an opportunity to try to sneak into the playoffs.
2: We're spending a few minutes with Antoine Staley who's very popular today on the day we find out that Aaron Rodgers did in fact rupture his Achilles and will be out for at least this coming season. Antoine covers the Jets and the NFL for the New York Daily News. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. No, it's way too early to tell. But going back to when Aaron was introduced as the new quarterback of the Jets and took the pay cut, and the restructuring and all of that, it seemed like he was interested in playing more than one season. What does this mean for the future?
5: Yeah, I, I, Robert Sala was asked about that today. He didn't want to speak for Aaron, but they they want him to still be in their plans and want to be part of the future. He signed a, we had a restructure of a two-year deal worth $75 million guaranteed, and I definitely think, you know, they want him to be part of the future in next year. Beyond that, I don't know. I mean, it was an article um, in the New York Post that said he, Aaron Rodgers is entertaining that he wants to play till he's 45. I don't know if that's going to be the case, especially now, considering he suffered an uh, Achilles injury. But, you know, I, I have a hard time believing he's going to want to go out like this, even though it's going to be, you know, long rehab. It's going to be hard. Achilles injuries are very difficult at no matter what age you suffer man at. And then he's almost 40 years old. But the, I think the thing is, too, it's not like, children he loves football obviously he just it at the age that he is and still playing played it at the high level I think he's going to want to come back and you know try to rewrite this story with the Jets too whether that's at the MVP level or not I don't know but I have a feeling if I had to bet money I would bet that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to try to play at least in 2024.
2: Even for people who are not fans of the Jets, what I've heard from friends all over the country, even other radio interviews that I've done is it's better for the NFL when Aaron Rodgers is playing. Uh, but just the, the six months of buildup and hype to have it kind of fizzle out in the first couple of minutes. I mean, Antoine, you spent the last six months talking about this guy only to have it go poof in four snaps.
5: Yeah, I mean, it felt like a uh, air got lifted uh, lifted out of a balloon last night at the huh. stadium, I and mean, that's just basically how it went down. And it felt like a funeral. Uh, to, you know, just cut it short there. But you know, I always gauge things. So, like, my mother is not necessarily a sports fan, but she, she hears things, she watches the news, but she under she knows what's happening, like just going around the world. And so she can he She understands like the big news pictures, stories, and you know, obviously when. You know, you're not a sports fan, but you're still hearing about, you know, certain people. And Aaron Rodgers was obviously a hot-button target, not only in sports, but also just around the world. Him, you know, joining the Jets, especially the media market that New York is. And uh, everybody had anticipation to want to see him play. Uh, this upcoming year and for that to happen uh, you know it hurts a lot of Jets fans especially considering they hadn't made the playoffs in 12 years right. uh they hadn't won a division since 2002 and also you know the crazy thing about it was Vinnie Testaverde was actually in the building last night and Vinny <laughs> suffered a very similar type injury in 1999 a year after they made the AFC championship Vinny goes down towards his Achilles He's out for the season, and the Jets end up finishing 8-8 eight, eight after that, and Bill Parcells ended up retiring, and, you know, a lot of other things happened with that. So, yeah, I just felt like that was kind of, kind of a bit of an irony, you know, that Vinny was in the yes. same building, and the same thing kind of happened to him, too, as well.
2: Mm, and we'll see what the ripple effects are from the injury. Antoine Staley of the New York Daily News with us here, CBS Sports Radio. What is the backup plan to the backup plan at quarterback, considering that Zach Wilson wasn't supposed to be the starter? Who's going to back him up?
5: Well, right now, uh, Tim Boyle, who it was on the practice squad, they ended up signing him, I believe, in April. They ended up cutting him, and now he's been on the practice squad. But... They they are looking for at the veteran quarterbacks. There, Joe Flacco is obviously an option. He's familiar with the Jets, and they're familiar with him. Obviously, this is a new system with the Daniel Hackett in there, so it would have he would have to learn a, a brand new system as well. They've made phone calls. They're gonna you know test the free agent market, but also the trade market too as well. The problem is it's just happens so quickly that I don't know if teams are going to be willing to give up a commodity backup quarterback this early in the year, considering that we still have 16 more games to go. And and it happened to their backup quarterback too. So yeah, they are, they're in a bit of a pickle. It's not like we're at the trading deadline and we have guys that are established or rookie quarterbacks that have played and they might be the guy now, you know, these queens are going to try to clamor to hold on to them simply because, you know, it's the unknown. They're back. Their starting quarterback can go down at any time.
2: Oh, what? (laughs) I'm <laughs> just kidding. I was unprepared for the end of that. Uh, and I was listening along with Antoine Staley. Uh, he joined us earlier in the show, and he said he had 30 plus interview requests in the wake of the Aaron Rodgers injury on Monday Night Football. Apparently, there were 22.6 people. 22.6 people. <laughs> how, how do we do 22.6 people, Jay? <laughs> an idiot there goes the perfect show that was a good run (laughs) it was so close 22.6 million people who tuned in on monday night uh he was turning down requests left and right but he agreed to be on our show the rest of the interview which has to do with some of the positives of the jets that's on our podcast and also jay and i have to find new fantasy football quarterbacks both of us it's after hours with amy lawrence cbs sports radio